When Melissa and I sat down with the Martin family a few weeks ago uh, and did this episode, we didn't think about the fact that September is National Suicide Prevention Month. And you're going to hear in this episode, you know, the Martin story um, and their oldest son, Andrew, who, you know, had the courage to, to tell them earlier this year that he was really struggling with depression and, and thoughts of suicide. And you'll hear that this is a story of overcoming. It's a story of courage. It's a story of hope and faith. And it, this episode is not meant to be prescriptive advice by us or the Martins. It's simply, you know, them sharing their story and their experience. And anymore, I don't, I don't seem to come across anyone who hasn't been directly or indirectly impacted by suicide or by depression. And I, I lost my oldest brother five years ago to suicide. And so this is a topic that hits close to home for us. And we felt it was just really important to to share this and really want to honor um, Andrew and the Martins for having the courage to, to share this story in the hope that it could benefit other families. And I watched this really beautiful video yesterday that I shared on, on Instagram about a man who he now is married with his own little baby. But he said when he woke up on his 17th birthday, he, he woke up with the thought of taking his life uh, because the depression had just gotten to that point. And he said in his in his moments final moments of desperation, he made the choice to he decided to stay one more day and to tell someone. And it was that decision to stay one more day and the choice to tell someone that put him on the path of, you know, therapy and, and other solutions. And and while it's still been challenging, he he's here today and he's really grateful for his choice to stay. And so I we truly hope that this episode benefits and blesses and touches your life as much as it has ours. And we've uh, provided some uh, resources and links in the show notes um, that would provide additional support around this topic. And uh, really excited for you to listen to this episode. Hello and welcome to the Family Brand Podcast. My name is Chris. I'm a husband, a father, and an entrepreneur. My name's Melissa, and I am a wife, mother, former nurse turned real estate investor. And we believe the greatest gift you can give your child is a last name that stands for something. Your last name is your family's brand. If you are a parent who wants to raise your child to know who they are, love who they are, and believe in who they are, this show is for you. We promise to bring you real and authentic conversations with parents and experts who are committed to making their family their life's most important work. This show will help you take a stand for your family and to raise your children by design, not default. All right, so everyone who's listening today is in for a real treat because we have an amazing couple a beautiful couple, Justin and Megan Martin, who are joining us as guests today on the Family Brand Podcast. And well, so first of all, welcome, Justin and Megan. Thank you. To the podcast. We're glad to um, be here. Yeah, we're so stoked to have you here. And so such a cool story, like how we met Justin and Megan. I would say it's been what, about a month now, Melissa? Mm-hmm. About a month ago, Melissa. Like, Chris, get in here. You have, you have to see this, which when you have a family with five kids, you never know like what that means. Like she's in another <laughs> get in here. You have to see this. We were in Cabo and we were just getting on the plane actually. And I was about to lose Wi-Fi, but then I was, oh, like, that's right. I was like, oh my gosh, look at this beautiful like tag on Instagram. That is right. That's why there was some urgency. Like you got to look at this. And Megan had tagged our family brand's Instagram um, with these beautiful stories. And it was just the s- stories of, they had gone through the family brand program, start to finish, never had any interaction with us, had created their values, hung them up in the up in their home, and basically just talked about what a what a blessing it was to their family. And the story was so impactful to us because one of the things I really appreciated. So th- so then after they tagged us on Instagram, Melissa reached out. We had a conversation and got to know their family better, got to know more of their family story. And the thing I really appreciated was. But for both Megan and Justin, it was like, look, we want to share our family story because, and we want it to be real. We want it to be raw. We want it to be authentic. Like so much of, I think families today can be somewhat curated, Mm -hmm. like perfectly depicted. And, you know, it's just like, that's, that's not real life for most of us that have families and have children. And so their story is a story of, it's a story of struggle. It's a story of, I'm sure at times hopelessness, but it's also a story of like, overcoming and still still being in it. And so I just know that every single family can benefit and be served by their story in some way. And I also, you know, Justin and Megan don't come on today as guests 
like saying, Hey, we have all the answers to this particular topic, but we just, we want to share our family's experience because we know that it could make a difference for other families. Yeah. I appreciate you putting that caveat in there, Chris, because our, just like you said, our family's experience is, it is not picture perfect (laughs) at all, but we really feel like the experiences that we have had in the last year with our family have made it so that our relationships have come up to the surface. We know that that is the most important thing in our life. And because of that, because of the struggle, that's what's happened. But we're not saying that um, we've we've got it figured out. We definitely (laughs) do not have... um, parenting and dealing with um, depression and mental illness in our family, we don't have it figured out. We're still just kind of plugging along every day. And <laughs> But the, I, I, the one thing we have figured out though, is there's no such thing as the perfect Instagram family out there. Like I, I do my, my best on Instagram to make the Martin family look like we are the end all be all, <laughs> like everyone wants to be us, but our windows are wide open in our house. <laughs> You will quickly see the chaos and the messiness that happens in any picture perfect IGFB family out there. And that that is that's the Martin that's family. And and we are we're thrilled to be able to not thrilled. I mean, it's been it's been a hard year for us, but there's been a lot of growth and amazing things that have come out of it too. The the pandemic, yes, there's silver lining that happens through the pandemic and the blessings and this and that, the other, but it was it was a rough go. Like it threw our family and especially our teenage boys through the ringer mm. with different different issues with mental health, with anxiety, with depression, as well as as the rest of us. And and thankfully we have found ways to overcome and to learn how to thrive and that's I mean that's why we're here and that's why we're excited to to be with you guys and and even though we've known each other for a month now <laughs> We feel like we know you guys very well. I mean, we've been listening to you guys on 2.0 speed now for the last year. <laughs> so it's been awesome. We love you guys and we love, love your family and how real and raw you guys are too. So thank you for sharing your story with the rest of us. Yeah. No, thank you. Like we, we feel the same way. We were like, man, the, the, the minute we got off the call with you guys last time, we're like, okay, we're going to be, we're going to be lifelong friends <laughs> with the Martins. And that's been the funnest thing for us about family brand is just meeting really is meeting families who just like are, are trying, like, they're just like, we're striving. We're trying to, we're trying to level up. Like we know that there's more that's possible for our family and look, it's hard. And, and what's so, what's so interesting is right at the time that you tagged family brand, Megan, in those, in those stories, we have been updating our website and kind of going through family brand. I was about to say 2.0, but it's probably like 5.0 at this point, mm-hmm. but like this next iteration and, and part of it has been getting really clear on who we really feel called to serve. Like we would love family brand to help everyone, but just like every entrepreneur, every business, there's probably a certain group of people you're really called to lead and serve. And we got real clarity that it was entrepreneurial families yeah, because they face a lot of the same challenges every family does. But on top of that, you know, the, the challenges of navigating, running a business, being busy there, trying to be as intentional in your home and family as you are in your business. And, and we've certainly had a lot of families go through family brand that don't, don't own businesses or aren't entrepreneurs, but that's part of our story. And so when we met you and heard your story about like, yeah, look, we're just, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to grow a business. We're trying to grow a podcast ourselves. We're trying to show up for our family. We're trying to show up for our community. It's like, yeah, that's real. You know, and it doesn't get any more real than that. So I guess I'd love for you just to share a bit of, and, and jump in, Melissa, if you have any thoughts, but yeah, maybe just tell us like some of the, was, was the mental health and the depression with your teenage boys, something that you have always been aware of, or did it come to light during the pandemic? Before we go there, let's back up. Will you just tell us a little bit about your family? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Let's do that. Yeah. So we have four kids. We have, um, uh, almost 15 year old, almost 13 year old, and then a nine year old. All of those are boys. Our three oldest are boys. And then we have a daughter that's six. So, um, we, and we have, uh, so Justin's an entrepreneur. Well, both of us, I guess are (laughs) always starting businesses. That's, um, sort of our thing. And we have moved, let's see, we're in our 10th house right now. So we've moved quite a bit. Our kids are really resilient. They're very, very outgoing. We have 
just a family full of extreme extroverts. Yeah. <laughs> so, so our house is really loud. It's really uh, fun. It's fun to be in our house. Um, it's overwhelming to be in our house. I think for a lot of people. Is it one of your um, family values? Martin's bring the fun. It, absolutely, it is. Yeah, yep. that's, <laughs> that's Martin's bring the fun. Martin's bring the fun. We, we scream fun. it loud and clear <laughs> every morning. Yeah, we love to. We love to throw parties and have people over. And yeah, so we we naturally are pretty open people. And through the pandemic, the pandemic was so hard for so many reasons. Um, we were really blessed and lucky to have uh, financial stability and really great opportunities for work during mm-hmm. during the pandemic. Um, I was a teacher before before I started having babies, and so the schooling was was easy. We were able to navigate that really well. It was the social thing that was killing us. It just yeah. all of us together. <laughs> we were like, we need to see people. We need to talk to people. And our oldest, particularly, he had already been struggling a little bit with uh, being a teenager, just being a teenager, you know, it just is hard. It's hard to be a teenager. And then being isolated was really difficult for him. So we came out of the pandemic. Um, Luckily, so we live in in Utah and um, we were able to go back to school a little bit quicker than some other places. But because of because of the effects of that, it became very clear to um, Andrew, our oldest, that he needed extra help. And he was awesome, super proactive um, about, let's see, was it two years ago? I guess it was two years ago. Um, he was having his well check with his pediatrician and just asked the pediatrician, what do I need to do to see a therapist? And I was floored <laughs> sitting in that room. I was like, wow, that is really self-aware. And our pediatrician has been absolutely a ministering angel in our life. She mm-hmm. she advocated for him and got him right in with the therapist. So he has been meeting with the therapist for about two years. And then at his next well check a year later, as they were reviewing kind of what was happening with the therapist and if it was working, she recommended that he maybe uh, start some medication because he just wasn't able to he he didn't feel like he had enough resources to battle what he was feeling inside. And again, it was very driven by Andrew. He was, he was really aware of, of how he was feeling. And I am just, we're so proud of him for, for being willing to advocate for himself with adults. I think that's a huge thing. And um, so he started medication and even that wasn't quite enough. And because of the severity of his depression, he started having suicidal ideation. And we were aware of what some of the signs were. We were seeing some of the signs, but also I think it's really hard as a mom and dad to, to want to face the fact that like, this is really serious. And luckily again, um, our pediatrician was just right on top of it and his therapist and, and just recommended um, he had a, a moment where he had reached out to a friend saying that he was contemplating suicide. And the, we just have so many people, so many amazing people in our life that stepped up for Andrew. Mm-hmm. When he sent that text, his friend took it right to her mom. Her mom called me that very night. Um, we were actually the, our two oldest boys were with my parents because we were going, we were taking our um, two younger kids on their, on their Christmas trip. So we had, you know, gifted experiences for our kids. And so we were taking our two little kids to Disneyland. So, so our, our older boys were with my parents, my mom and dad jumped right in and, and took care of our boys. And we actually, the, the one regret I have from this entire experience, we, we were on the phone with the pediatrician, the school was aware, the district was aware, people were on it. It was not, it was not being ignored. It wasn't being pushed to the side. Like the, the professionals were handling it for sure. But we were, we felt really conflicted because we had this trip planned. It was our kids Christmas present. So so my parents were like, we'll take care of it. Don't, you don't need to worry. We got on the plane and the entire time, the entire flight, it's, you know, a short flight, an hour. I just, just felt like I made the wrong choice. I needed to be home. So we got to, 
We got to California, got to our hotel. I called the pediatrician and she said, you need to get him to the hospital. So I went back to the airport. Justin took the kids, the little kids to Disneyland. Which is an <laughs> insane probably, experience. Probably not the <laughs> Disneyland trip that you ever oh, have. No. Um, but we felt like, you know, we've got, we've got a family of four kids. We don't just have one kid. And so we felt like that was maybe the safest place emotionally for our little kids to still be able to have their experience, you know, their Christmas, Christmas trip. And um, so I flew back and had a friend pick me up from the airport, another angel that helped us and took me up to the hospital. My parents had been with, with Andrew the whole day in the emergency room. And it was the, I kept it together pretty well until I got on the flight home. Okay. <laughs> so I, I was trying to keep it, <laughs> to keep it together and not get super emotional because I needed to like actually execute on, you know, I'm like, I have to get home. Um, I did get a little emotional because my flight got delayed and I just went up to the desk and I was like, my kid is in the hospital. I have to get home. You have to get me home. So it was a very dramatic, like we're not, I guess we're maybe a little dramatic, but we're not super dramatic people. But that was one of those moments where I'm like, I, the mama bearer came out. I'm like, I have to get to my kid. And I cried the entire flight. I'm sure the man next to me was like, what is happening? Um, I just put my head down and just cried the whole time. I just was so concerned for my kid and um, got to the hospital and my parents were calm and they just were amazing. They did such a good job. And then um, Andrew was treated in the hospital overnight. It was just line of sight care, which is basically he can't, couldn't have anything in his room. He couldn't have any clothes on. So he had a hospital gown, which for a, you know, 14 year old boy, he really loved that. He just thought that was (laughs) great. Um, And then we had the entire nursing staff was was watching him. His door was open the whole time. It was, it was a really scary, you know, just realizing the severity of what Andrew was dealing with and realizing how helpless we were to do anything, but just, just be with him through a hard time. Yeah. And then I think taking it from there, the, um, we, we just followed the guidance from, from the medical professionals. I mean, the, the mental health areas at hospitals, especially especially in the juvenile areas, are so overwhelmed right now that it is really hard to give the kids 100% attention. So a lot of these kids that are in a more stable family and in a more stable situation, instead of staying in the mental health area at the hospital, um, there's different locations that it's a partial hospitalization. So for the next two weeks, Andrew was in very intense therapy but he was there from eight to three o'clock every day, just missed school and the whole thing because we're just focusing on, on his mental health. So he was there. And then the rest of the day, night, the entire night, the whole thing, he was with Megan or I on line of sight for the entire two week period. And then after that, it was, it was kind of coming off of that, but we just, at that point in time, we were in that crisis mode that we all get into. At, at moments, we were trying to remain as calm as we could. Obviously, our younger three ones were a little bit affected by all of it. Some of them starting to act out a little bit. Our 12-year-old's anxiety went through the roof at that point in time. And so it was not a perfect situation. It was still scary at times. I mean, we're having to go through the whole thing of you got to take knives out of the house and scissors and shoelaces and you know the whole the whole thing when you've got someone with suicidal ideation living in your home. And so it was um, it was definitely new. And like anyone else, we didn't want to be that family that has the kid with mental health issues. You know, it, it's not what you want to have to deal with, but we were there. And one thing that we quickly agreed on was we needed, we needed a new us as a family. We love our family. We have great relationships, great communication within our family, but we needed something more within our family. So as we're coming out of all of this, our two older boys are, are going through a lot of therapy. Part of their therapy is requiring they have to be in the sun every day. They have to exercise every day. They have to meditate every day. They have to take their medication every day. We're doing all of this with our, our little kids too, obviously not medicating them, but 
but you know, we're, we're putting into play what the medical professionals are telling us. We've got our older boys also meeting with their ecclesiastical leaders every week too, and, and working through that direction. And so there was a lot of individual help that was happening, but we felt like we were missing the family help. Like, where's this family therapy? Where's this like come together family and, and let's pull your crap together again <laughs> type of therapy. Um, and I don't, I, maybe let's call it serendipitous. Let's call it divine intervention, call it what you will, but that's all of a sudden where family brand started showing up. And it's, it's hard for me. I'm like, I almost can't even remember how I think it was literally just because during all of this, I was pretty, I was pretty much offline. I, I couldn't interact. You know, I wasn't doing my podcast. I wasn't, there was just, I just had to put everything aside um, that I wasn't required of me. And, <laughs> and so I think I just was flipping through somebody's stories and I had seen something where somebody had talked about their family values. And I was like, do we have family values? <laughs> I mean, I think we have values, but we have we culture. Do we yeah, know what our we, dreams are? Do we know our ancestors? Do we know like, yeah, we had never actually are? sat down and said, this is, this is what we believe and having something tangible, something visual for our family to be able to see. And really, truly it was felt very divinely inspired for our family and our situation. I think it definitely took a lot of humility and being in that, that situation. I hope no one else ever has to go through that in order to find family brand. And this is not a paid advertisement, you all that are listening in on this. So it, it was, it was for, for what we needed. And, and let me, let me put a plug in for myself because my experience from the beginning was different than Megan's. Megan found this, Megan fell in love with it. Megan started listening to the podcast, Megan downloaded the free program. And then thankfully she, for her mother's day gift, told me I'm not having to get anything because she's buying this program called family brand. <laughs> but she was, by the way, a huge Great. relief. <laughs> I don't have to do anything for Mother's Day. Wonderful. <clears throat> so she bought oh. this program, started going through it. And honestly, it took me some time because I am trying to run two different businesses and they just started to grow like crazy during the pandemic. So I'm as busy as can be trying to hire people, train people, Our kids are spinning out of control. We're trying to get back into school. You know, there's a lot going on. And when Megan printed out these pieces of paper and said, here's here's some papers you need to look at. Here's some videos you need to watch. And oh, by the way, here's a podcast with 86 episodes you need to listen to. (laughs) I looked at her and went, you are out of your mind. I don't have time for another thing right now. And it took me a moment but it only took me a moment. Well, it took it took maybe a little bit of me crying, prodding and crying. <laughs> yes, but a secret weapon. But here's new strategy we're going to teach people, <laughs> Megan. Uh, it's it's amazing how natural that comes to me. <laughs> but here's where here's where it changed for me, and where it changed was when I realized that the program wasn't something to do for your family, but it was what your family was going to become. When I saw that paradigm shift in what family brand was going to be, that's where it changed for me. Mm. And that's where I could then look at my kids, especially my teenagers who also very much rejected this at the beginning, when I could help them realize that dad's having the paradigm shift too, and realizing this is this is who we are and who we, who we can become, that's when we f- could finally get behind Megan here and say, okay, we're doing this. We're doing this. And once we were all in this together, the cheesiness of some of what happens in family brand, because there is some of it. I mean, everyone that purchases your program, they're going to see the B-roll, B-roll film of your family sitting at the dinner room table, screaming out your values. <laughs> and every teenager is going to look at that and go, no way, no, Not a chance. Not no a chance. freaking way are we doing that. But we love it now. And every morning our family does it and we love it. And once we could start to just come together as a family and say, okay, this is this is what we're doing to enter this next phase. It's been a massive game changer and tremendously cheaper than paying for family therapy. therapy. So <laughs> thank you, you guys. <laughs> no, it's a, 
Go ahead. I Nick. think there's, I think there's a really good lesson in what Justin just said that, that sometimes like our family, when we create a vision for our family or a dream for our family, a lot of times it's hard to imagine what the obstacles are going to be. It's hard to, to realize that and, and um, still subscribe to what, what you want to implement. And so it takes a certain amount of leadership and willingness to push back and say, I know that you might have this, this idea of, of, you know, I don't want to do this or this isn't cool or I'm going to look like a, a nerd or whatever. But um, as a leader in our family, and I do consider myself as the mom and Justin as the dad, like we are leaders of our family and we have that responsibility and that stewardship to, to push through when you know something is going to, to make changes. And, and so I probably think, I think that it probably would have, you know, I would have fought this till the death because, because it's important to me for my, my family, my kids to know that they are valued and I will do anything and I'll do anything for them to be okay. Whether that's, you know, sitting in a hospital room and having to watch my 15 year old shower or spending money and, and saying, we're doing this program come hell or high water. I I will do it because my family matters to me. And it just, I just feel like sometimes we maybe lay down before we should, you know, we just say, well, nobody's subscribing to this, but we are called as parents to be leaders of our family. And so sometimes you're going to have your teenagers, you know, not subscribe. They might not subscribe, but when you have that vision of what your family's supposed to be and what they're going to be, then, then I feel like you're more willing to fight those battles. Yeah. That's really beautiful, Megan. Everything you just said, that's so beautiful. And you're right. Like when, when you're faced with, you know, these type of challenges with your family, like you are willing to do any, anything. Yeah. And we talk about leadership a lot in family brand. And I talk about leadership a lot in my business, you know, when we, when we teach it to companies or we teach it to families and the first definition that we teach like, Hey, what is leadership? Right. But what does that actually mean? The first definition that we have of leadership is your willingness to enroll people into a bigger vision of what's possible. Yeah. Because what's interesting is as individuals, we can only see what we think is possible. And that might sound like the most obvious statement in the world, but of course, we can only see what we think is possible. But what's interesting is there's always more that's possible than we can see. So it's like, well, how do you get that? Like, if you can only see this as possible, how do you get this? And almost always it comes from another person. It comes from someone else who's willing to show up as a leader for you and say, look, I know you think this is possible, but I promise you that this is actually possible. And that's what you did for your family, Megan. And that's what, you know, you like you, you enrolled your family into a vision of what's possible. And like you said, when I see that vision, my responsibility as a leader in any domain, parenting, friendship, sibling, company is like, if I, if I see the vision of what's possible, but no one else can, it's my responsibility to enroll them into that and like show up as a leader. And that's exactly what, you know, if you've, any of you've listened to our podcast, we're listening now, you know, that I've said that about Melissa when we were separated, you know, 13 years ago and going to get divorced. Melissa was had a different vision than I had of what our family could become and what her and I could become. And she just wouldn't stop enrolling me into the vision of what's possible. Cause I was ready to give up. Like I, but that is leadership and it's a beautiful thing. Like it's a beautiful gift to give someone to show them what's possible and fight for it. And so I just love that. Like, I love this idea of like, let's fight for our families because literally lives are on the line. Like, like literally in, in your, in your mm-hmm. case with your son. And then sometimes like figuratively their lives, you know, how they're going to end up. Um, and that's what I love about your family. That's what I love about your stories. It is so real. And there's more people who can relate to it than I think we might think could in the world we live in today. And and you probably have, have you guys discovered that as, as you started sharing your story, other people are like, oh, that's yeah. people you would have never imagined or hadn't thought or oh, known before. Yeah, definitely. We, so we were at first a little bit um, 
we were just trying to keep it close, just out of respect for Andrew. We wanted to make sure that he was, he was okay sharing. And I should, I should mention that, that I talked to him this morning and I said, we're going on a podcast and there's going to be people hearing your story. Are you okay with it? And he, yep. he has said over and over, I, it doesn't matter it's, if it helps somebody, then of course. And so about a month after, after the crap hit the fan, I guess, <laughs> um, we, I put a post on my Instagram on my personal Instagram. And, you know, I've got just my small group, my, you know, family and friends. And I had over a hundred comments. Like I haven't posted on Instagram forever and haven't had any comments for, you know, a long time. Um, over a hundred comments, messages. I spent the entire day on the phone. I had friends calling me from like our early married days, people from uh, Texas, people from California calling me and saying, what did you do? Like what, what, how did you know? What, what did you do? What was, you know, what was your battle plan? And I think there's so many of us that are just, we're watching our kids fight through really, really difficult things. This is a really tough environment to be a teenager. (laughs) And it's hard because our, our, the way that we were raised, it was so different. The landscape was totally different. Mm -hmm. And we, you know, I'm like, I can't, I can't relate to what it would be like to have my life online, you know, to my teenage life. I'm like that. It just seems so difficult. And yeah, I just, I just was so surprised, but also so impressed with how many people saw my kid for who he was. And that was my fear. I think before putting it out there is I didn't want people to just see Oh, that's the, that's the kid with depression, or that's the kid that, you know, attempted suicide or whatever. I did not want people to see that in Andrew and, and largely they haven't. People have been so kind and so generous with their love and their praise and their support. And like, I mean, we were in crumble cookie. We were knee deep in crumble cookies for like, for like a month because, you know, when, when you don't know what to do, you send cookies. That's what you do. And, and just, it matters like showing support to people when they're struggling. It doesn't matter how you show up. It just matters that you do. It, it means something so much. And so I was so glad that when I posted that, that people were willing to say like my kid too. Yeah, I we're struggling with that too. And um it just was a really powerful connecting experience I think for for me um and Justin but also for Andrew to see like there's all these adults around the world that that care about you yeah. as an individual. Coming from the the dad's perspective, the husband's perspective and all this, when when crisis happens, um, and maybe this is unique to our family, but I don't think it is. Also, crisis happens. The neighborhood comes together. Con- congregation comes in. They they take care. They help out. Megan literally had just dozens of other friends and women surrounding her, talking to her, assisting her, helping with the kids, etc. And then there's me, the husband. I'm going to go to work, guys. I'm out of here. You know, for the first couple of days, I, I kind of actually felt a little bit isolated. Um, just, Disneyland. just being the man when I got home from Disneyland, <laughs> but it was interesting all of a sudden to see the, the men in my life also come out too. all of a sudden, one of my buddies from my neighborhood, he just came to the door. He opened the door and just gave me a big bear hug. It's like, I don't know what it feels like, but I'm here. If you need me, my brother-in-law drove an hour and a half away. He said, we're doing lunch. I, you just need to talk a little bit. I had my brother that he works in the office right next to me that every day I walked in, he's like, are you okay being here or not? And so like I had also the men in my life that were able there to assist. And, and that's what we're trying to now turn around and also give, you know, we, we tell this story, you know, pretty dramatic story, kid with suicidal ideation, this, that, the other, but what we're realizing right now is that is not okay, the Martin family, they went through their trial now. They're good. They're set for the next 80 years. Please bless. <laughs> That'd be great. What we're realizing now is, yes, that was a massive, huge speed bump. 
But now there's a lot of other little speed bumps along the way. What are we doing with our family utilizing the culture, the values, the dreams that we have created now as a family to be able to get through those speed bumps, but to also recognize that every one of the neighbors around us are also going through their own crap too. And they have their own things happening. There is not a single person on planet earth that doesn't have their own set of of trials and tribulations that they go through. So how can we be the one that also assists them through that based upon what we know we can do? And yes, sometimes it's crumble cookies, but sometimes it's just a hug. Like just someone needs to know you're there. So we're learning. We're not done, but we're learning. No, it's beautiful. It really is. Like there's so many lessons in your story of, and, and, and just speaking to this last thing that you've been talking about, which is the power of showing up and, and seeing that people just showed up for your family and thinking about showing up for other families. And I think the only other couple that we've had on is the Pierces, right? I think so. It's a beautiful um, episode. I can't remember. It was when we were living in Hawaii, but they lost their little, their little boy. His name was Griff. And he was just this, just larger than life, you know, little boy. And they talk about that on the podcast as well, about like the power of people who showed up and, and both um, Chris and Taylor Pierce said on, on their episode that one of the most powerful demonstrations that got both of them emotional on the podcast of people showing up where was when they were in Griff's hospital room and they knew that he was going to pass away and like, they didn't know when, but they knew that was happening. So people were coming to the hospital to say their last goodbyes. And she said they had some, some, some of these men who were just like menly men who couldn't do anything, but just come sit in the hospital and cry with them. Yep. Yep. They just sat, they didn't say anything. They didn't offer any words. They just literally sat there and cried. And Chris and Taylor said it was like, one of the most powerful ways that someone could have shown up, you know, for their family. And so it's just like, it looks different, right. For everyone, but there is this amazing and like, what an amazing thing to also share with your children. What an amazing thing to point out and like, look at the people that show up for us and look at like, we get to do that for others. So some of the things that I would just want to recap that I think is so powerful about your family story and look, this is in the research that we that we have in our program is like one of the one of the one of the things about strong families is like they can get through really hard things together. But you see a lot of times hard things take a lot of families out too. Yeah. Like there's a lot of like you know divorces that happen or just families just kind of like yeah, they're still together but they just really kind of there's this divide that happens that'll never quite get repaired and it's it's they've lost someone close to them or one of their child, children passed away or, you know, just something really terrible happened. Like they went through. A re- and so it really usually becomes this kind of defining moment in a family of either it's going to draw us closer together, or it could be the thing that kind of breaks us apart permanently, or just there's always going to be this divide there. And so one of the things that I love about your guys' story is you just chose to use it as an opportunity. Like, well, one, you just showed up, like you went in the mode of like, okay, how do we, how do we help him? Right. So that idea of like you showing up for Andrew and just like, Hey, whatever is required, we're going to do it. Like whatever it takes, like we will show up. And then the power of people showing up for you guys. And then the courage of Andrew, right. To be like, Hey, look, I, I'm not ashamed of this. Like, I don't want this to define me. And like, I want to share this story, right. If this story can help people and the courage you guys have to share that, because I think that's so, you know, one of the things I would say is a story not shared doesn't serve. You know, like if we never share our stories, it can't serve people. But I get that sometimes it's scary to share your story because it might not look the best on you or might not be pretty and it might not be like glamorous. And so, yeah, I just think there's so many. And I love to like, I have this belief that if we come together as a family and like we're a team, we can solve anything. Like, I, ju- I just believe that like in any situation, there's nothing, no matter how hard it is, there isn't anything if we can be a team. And so I love that you guys have created that. And I love that you saw that, right? You saw like, Hey, we're doing these things. We're helping our, the individuals in our family, but we've got to come together as a team. It reminds me of like, I mean, I love the movie. Remember the Titans, right? When they won't come together as a team, right? Like they're just, 
and he takes them on that long run. He takes them to Gettysburg and he gives them the speech and he tells them, if we don't come together as a team, and I feel like that's the same, like as a family, it's like, if we don't come together, right? Like we, we, we won't make it like. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're so like, we are so vulnerable alone. You know, we need people. We, that's, that's a, you know, that's a principle. Like we, as human beings, that is our basic need is we need to be a part of something individually. We are not strong enough. And, and that's just, I mean, that's like a fact, right? So when we have this team that's already born, like we, we already live together. We already live in this house together. We already have these kids, these siblings, this spouse, you know, we're, we're already here. So we may as well make the most of this opportunity that we have been given to, to be together. And so on just on Sunday before school started, school started this week for us. And we were going through our, what our family dreams, dreams. are. Yeah. And one of the things that Andrew said that I was, oh my gosh, it was so awesome when he said this. He said, we want to be a family that's close, that we are close. We have close relationships, even when we're apart, even when we grow up and we're adults. And I was like, that's one of your dreams. Okay. Cause I was like a boat, but okay. Also <laughs> that, like we want both of those things for sure. But it was so impressive because what 15 year old boy knows that he wants that somebody who's done some reflection and so, who's seen his family show up for him. And that doesn't just happen, right? Like it's sad. One of the things we talk about a lot with family brand is most families. I mean, you look at most families, talk to most of your friends who have adult siblings and ask them if they're as close today as they were when they were kids. Most families grow apart. So, but you once in a while, you'll see that rare family where it's like, even though everyone's married, might live in different states, they text every day or they call almost every day. And they like, they, you can tell they have this genuine, and that's one of Melissa's biggest aspects of family brand for selfishly. The reason we're doing this is we want our family to, you know, we want to create relationships that last. And so for Andrew to have that dream of like, yeah, I want us to, one of my dreams is we're always close and connected. It's like, but that doesn't, but it doesn't happen by accident. Right. Like you start creating that now and it's, it's, and you that's what you guys are doing. It's beautiful. Yeah. What would you, you alluded earlier that it's well documented, well documented that since the pandemic, it is <clears throat> like several states have declared like states of emergency for children's mental health. That is a thing that a lot of families are facing today. What would you say to, to a parent who is maybe facing, facing that right now? They're, you know, maybe their child, maybe the child has come to them expressing like some concerns with their mental health, kind of like Andrew did, or maybe maybe not like, but the parents maybe have some concerns. Would you have anything to say to, to them? For me, it's going to be number one, we are not in the 1980s and nineties anymore, where we all grew up in a day and age where mental health challenges, you just swept it under a rug. I think, I think the parent has to, first of all, have that mind shift of we are, we are 20, 30 years advanced in research and therapy methods and tools and resources that the that kids and adults can use. So I would say, get first of all, the professional help that does exist. Like if you know your child might be struggling going through your school district, every school district across this nation right now has a massive, massive amount of resources. Talk to your pediatrician, talk to your friends that have kids going through it, the, the resources are out there and you need to find what, what works for you. And also realize just because your kid has mental health, possibly has mental health issues, it's not just a, well, let's put them on meds now for the rest of their life. With our pediatrician and our therapist, the number one, two, and three thing for our kids was every day they have to be in sunshine. Every day they need to exercise. Every day they need to self-reflect and meditate. Mm. And, and serve somebody. And serve, oh yeah, they the needed one. to serve someone every day. So they know through professional research that it's not just let's throw these kids on medications, but there's well, that's gonna that that prescription you just gave or that that not everyone call it a prescription, just like really great flow. That would benefit everyone's everyone. mental health. Even <laughs> if you don't quote unquote struggle, yep, right, with depression. It's like who wouldn't be benefited by yep. Service, it, exercise, sunshine, and meditation. The Those other, are the ones. The other thing that we wanted to show our kids, and and uh, maybe it's because we are an extroverted family, is 
we want to show our kids because if our two older kids have mental health challenges, obviously genetically our other two kids will at some point. But what we want our kids to know, and going back to Chris, what you were saying is we want our kids to know who their team is. And it's not just inside of our family, it's 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 those that are around us. So one thing that we did to demonstrate that was um this this summer, both Megan and I turned 40 years old. Our birthdays are a week apart from each other. So we wanted to show our kids who are our people? Who is our team? So we shut down our cul-de-sac. We live in a cul-de-sac. We shut down our cul-de-sac one evening, brought in a big dance floor, a DJ, tons of food, balloons, bubbles, the whole thing. And we just had this big party with everyone that we know that is on our team. We just had hundreds of people come and for three or four hours, just had this big dance party in the Martin cul-de-sac. And afterwards, our kids could see, okay, this, these are our people. There is a lot of love to go around. And so I think for these kids that are going through mental health, a lot of mental health, especially from the p- pandemic, is coming from the standpoint of we have all been so isolated to the only interactions that we're having are either via Zoom, some type of gaming platform, or having to look at your sibling every single day in the eyes. And, and we're not seeing what else is happening in the world around us. So that's, I don't, I don't know if that helps anyone, but that's what we've been doing. So if I just recap, Justin, what what I hear you saying is, look, we live in a different time than it's not the eighties and nineties. Like we can talk about this and there is help and there's courage in seeking out help. It's not a bad thing. You're not weak. Like, so go get help help isn't always just put them on medication that which, and there's nothing wrong with that. That, that could be part of it, but it's also these other really powerful things like exercise and being outside and reflecting and serving people and meditating. I also, I also am struck. I also am struck by the idea. It seems like that when Andrew shared that with the pediatrician and talked to you guys about it, it doesn't seem like you guys reacted like emotionally, like, like you didn't like go overboard on Andrew, like, well, why are you depressed? Like, what's wrong? Are you doing things you shouldn't be? Or like, you know, like you didn't put even more weight on him than he already had. So would you have any like advice from your experience about if a child does have the courage to share that with you, if you notice it, how to talk about it and just address it very directly, but also in a way that's like shame-free, guilt-free, like loving. Yeah. Yeah, I... Um, one of your values that has become one of our values for our family is that Martins can talk about anything without judgment. And I have had to repeat that in my mind so many times because I don't want this to be part of our story, but now I do. At first I didn't. Now I do because I love what it's created in our family, but to understand like we're, we're the adults. We are the ones that are called and responsible to keep it together for our kids. So if you are okay mentally, and thankfully both Justin and I were mentally strong when this happened, when, you know, when all of this started happening, if you are okay, then you are called to be an advocate for your kid, an advocate for him or her, not, not questioning them because it is hard. It's hard to hear your kids say some things that you're like, that's not true. That's not true. Like the world is not against you. You are everyone loves you. Everyone loves you. You're super popular. And that's the thing that was interesting with Andrew is Andrew has a ton of friends. Andrew is really outgoing. People were shocked when this happened. Mm. Shocked. People that weren't super close to him that haven't been hadn't been seeing kind of what was what was happening behind the scenes. So I would say believe your kid. That's the first thing. Believe them when they say that this is hard and validate their feelings. And the other thing that um, Justin didn't mention, it's it's not always, like we have an exceptional medical team behind us. Um, some of the people that I've talked to, their pediatricians are not taking it seriously, or the system is so overwhelmed that they cannot find a therapist. So I would say, keep pushing, advocate, advocate, advocate until you find help. Because if you are worried about your kid, you have parent intuition, you know. So if you're worried, find help and don't stop until you find help because there is help. There are resources out there. So don't just shut it down and say, well, I guess, I guess this is just what we have to live with because we don't, we don't, there's help. There is help and there is resources. 
sometimes you have to be a little bit pushy and <laughs> that can be hard for people, not for us so much, but you know, it can be, it can be tricky. Yeah. So last thing, cause I know, I know we've, we've kept you here a long, a lo- longer than we usually do. And I'd love to keep you guys even longer, but sounds like the proactive, right? Like as soon as it was a, a challenge, proactively reaching out, getting help, um, therapy, medication, like all of these things, how you showed up, the the exercise, the self-reflection, like, so the, all these things were working, right? Was there anything else that you noticed that when you guys started coming together as a family team, like, like in addition to what you've already said, was there anything that you started seeing like, oh, this is making a measurable difference in, for both of our boys? I think a couple of things that we've seen a big change is the kids will now do stuff or be a certain way based upon the values that we've developed. I mean, we've developed these values of who we think we are as a family, but some of those are still in development of who we want to become, but there's no shame in sharing it. So for example, um, on uh, because of the way our hours work at church on Sunday, when church is over, my boys are the boys that are in charge of cleaning up all the chairs in the entire church. And one of our values is Martins show up to serve. Show up and stay to serve. Show up and stay to serve. So instead of the griping, I want to get home, ties coming off. I want the the homemade bread at home that mom made. It's no Martins show show up up and and stay stay to serve. And they just do and get it done because that's who we are. So, so I think being able to set the stage of who we are helps us navigate our day. Furthermore, the friends of our kids know who we are. Mm. We will have the friends will come over to our house and they're right in our front room. They'll, the friends will come over and they'll just read and they'll be like, oh yeah. The one about judgment, no judgment. That's totally Henry. <laughs> or, you know, Martin's bring the fun. Yeah. You guys, that's definitely Libby. <laughs> you guys have a lot of parties at your house. Don't you <laughs> like, yeah, it's all, it's all with purpose. Like, and so I think, I think that's a couple different ways. That's awesome. Well, you guys have been amazing and so generous with your time. And like, we just, yeah, like we feel like we're uh, better for having met you and so honored that you would come on the podcast and share your story and tell Andrew, thank you. Yeah. Just really respect and admire your family and your guys' story. Well, thanks for having us. You guys are great. Thank you so much for listening to the Family Brand Podcast. To say thank you, we have something really awesome we'd love to share with you. You know, we often hear from families who will tell us that they just feel so overwhelmed because of the demands that are placed on them. They feel like they're constantly being pulled in so many different directions and spread thin and they're spending time as a family, but they don't feel like it's quality time. They're not really connected and they want to be more intentional. And we can certainly relate because we felt like that at one point in in our family. And so we created a guide that allowed us to really be more confident around how we spend time as a family and what we say yes to and what we say no to. And it's just brought so much more peace into our home. It's made our lives so much more simple and we want to share it with you. So if you go to familybrand.com, forward slash free, you can download the how to take back your family's time guide. And I can promise you, it'll give you more confidence and more peace in your life and in your family. One last thing. We feel so inspired when we hear from families that we are making a difference for them. We would love it if you would leave us a five-star rating and a review on the podcast so we can reach even more amazing families. We truly believe that the way we change the world is one family at a time.